Welcome to the Success Vitamin Talk with me, Pritha Dubey. I help grow sales revenue through the signs of selling. And you are tuned into Season 3. So, uh, I am very pleased to have you here, Ketki. So, welcome to the Success Vitamin Talk. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Absolutely lovely. I'm so excited to be here, Pritha. Thank you for inviting me. So am I. And I'm sure that, you know, all all those who are watching us and listening to us, they're also going to be equally excited to be listening to you. Uh, before we move on with my questions and, you know, and, and get all the answers that I have been so eagerly waiting to ask you, um, how about I just request you to first introduce yourself uh, so who is Ketki? Let let people understand and know who is Ketki. Yeah, thank you. And that I have to say that's usually one of the most difficult questions because there is just so much to say, uh, you know, over the years. But what I, the way I like to define myself is, you know, um, I with about almost three decades of experience, I think where I my main work has been working with people. You know, I worked with people whether I was in HR when I was in the corporate, uh, and thereafter as a coach. Right. So I think what I now start, uh, do is help leaders who are good leaders. Right. They're doing a great job. They're already doing well. They're good leaders. But now they want to move into being inspiring leaders. And that's really, you know, where they make not a difference only to their own lives. But when they're inspiring, they also influence and impact a whole lot of people who are working with them in their teams and the other people around the world who observe them. So I think that's the shift now I help leaders make. Wow. Um, and that's, yeah, I find that extremely satisfying. And what, what's happened is in the last 15 years of my career, uh, I've spent a lot of time working with uh, CXOs and senior leaders, right? And hundreds and thousands, actually, I would say, of them, uh, also by virtue of the fact that I used to help, you know, organizations hire CXOs as well at one point in time. So what happened was I got to see the behind the curtains kind of, you know, version of those leaders and, you know, how they operate, how they think, what works for them, what challenges that they have, you know, and uh, what are the asks on their leadership and, you know, how, what are some of the difficulties actually uh, and how they play up to the, you know, so-called image of being a leader. So, you know, they're also under pressure. So I think that insight that I got has been, uh, what has really helped me work with senior leaders to uh, move from being good to inspiring? So, yeah, that's what I do. I know. I think uh, this is, it may sound very easy, Ketki. I think you will understand this. Uh, if I'm hearing it just from being a leader, if I hear this and I, if somebody says, you know, good to inspiring, I may feel, yeah, it's easy. Maybe I can do it. But uh, I'm sure it's it's not that easy to become good to inspiring. Had it been, then we would have had a plethora of examples floating all around us of everyone being an inspiring uh, leader. Having said that, um, absolutely. How how did you move into coaching? Uh, so, Pritha, what happened was, you know, through my career, like I said, I've been working with people through my career. And, you know, I ended up willy-nilly, uh, you know, advising, advising them, mentoring them, counseling them, you know, supporting them in their thinking, in their career growth, in the challenges that they were facing, you know, etc. And uh, what I realized, uh, you know, as the years got long, and especially, you know, in the second half of my career, 
I had people coming back to me and saying, you know what, Katie, you told me this, and this is what we spoke about, and this how you, you know, mentored me or you know, coached me. And of course, back then, coaching wasn't really a terminology was which was really prevalent. But they would say, this is this conversation really helped it change my career, um, you know. And uh, like for example, one of the people who called me is very recently. He's now a CEO of a very very large organization. He says, you know, Katie, you helped me with that one decision, and it changed the trajectory of my life. And I realized that slowly and steadily people are coming back to me and saying, you know, that's really the kind of, uh, you know, impact I had on them. And I said, this really sounds like something that could feel so fulfilling and, you know, that would keep me happy all through my life. If I could impact people like that and change their lives. Uh, and so when I quit the corporate world, uh, while, uh, you know, there were various obvious options of doing HR and consulting, which I did dabble a little bit, but, you know, eventually I realized that the joy really was in coaching people and by then fortunately coaching had already become like a known profession um in in the sense that it wasn't popular not many people were aware but it had come into india as a profession right mm-hmm. and i was lucky enough to get into that mm-hmm. uh, about 10 years ago and here i am helping uh, people and like as and like you rightly said you know uh, good to inspire might sound simple but to be a good leader you have to be good at what you do but to be inspiring, you have to be that, you know. So there's a difference between the doing and the being. And that's the that's the real gap between uh, good and inspiring. Beautiful. I think that's a very, very valuable point you just made that there is a big, big distance between doing and uh, being. I think doing comes from a lot of aspects, from our past experiences and uh, background and many things and knowledge, education. Probably there are a lot of things that we are doing, but it it also, you know, but being is something which which requires a lot of introspection, isn't it? Just go be inside, uh, probably just find yourself out from within and first decide who you want to be. And then maybe whatever we decide to do would become much easier. Um, you just said that, you know, it is so fulfilling for you to be coaching such great leaders. I'm sure there are a lot of examples that you have got. But if I ask you that, what is that those probably a few one or two, um, you know, examples or anecdotes that are like on top of your mind where uh, someone came to you with some some requirement, some need, some desire to be and uh, went through a full transformation journey, kind of changed whosoever they are. So uh, is it okay for you to, without taking names, to share some examples? Absolutely. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Uh, And you're right, without taking names, but I'm happy to share a couple of them. And like you already said, there are so many. But what top of mind immediately comes to mind is, you know, for example, there's this uh, leader I was uh, coaching and uh, the issue with the leader was that um, he had just gotten promoted into okay. his um, into his CXO role right and he was expected to you know uh, deliver on the the year's targets and support the CEO in doing that etc uh, and his predecessor was someone who had enjoyed a huge amount of credibility Okay. And and I think he had big shoes to fill. And that came with a lot of anxiety. So he was someone who was like a doer, 
mm. you know, uh, till he reached that that CXO level. And his job was to get things done, manage the people, manage the work. It wasn't really leading them as much as managing them, mm. right? And when he became the CXO, suddenly he had these big shoes to fill and there was anxiety and there was shifting from being a doer to being the leader. And uh, I think that journey where we are able to, we were able to, you know, use the philosophy that I that I use that, you know, what you see of people, the typical psychological iceberg, right? What you see of people, the behaviors, their actions are really the tip of the iceberg, which is the 10%. But what really um, creates and generates and brings about that behavior and those actions are really what's happening the 90% below the waterline of the iceberg, right? Your fears, your anxieties, your mindsets, your value systems, your belief systems, your insecurities, right? All of those play a role. And that's really, we had to like take a deep dive within, mm. right? And identify what's really coming in the way, what's really is the narrative in his head that's playing constantly because you know, when your mind, you have 100% of thinking capacity, when 50% of that is taken over by anxiety, then you're literally operating on half your capacity uh-huh. to really deliver what you're delivering, right? So we yeah. have to really free up that mental space for him. Um, and I think so we worked through um, his mental models. Uh, how, do, how does his thinking work? What is causing that anxiety? What did he fear would happen if he wasn't able to um, role model the same person who was his predecessor, right? Right. And so we went through this journey of him creating his own personal brand of leadership. He didn't have to be exactly the way his predecessor was. Right. And that led him to discover who he was as a person. Wow. What could he bring as, as, his, as an authentic person? What could he bring to the table? And I think when he discovered that, you know, there is so much that he has to offer. And slowly and steadily, the anxiety kept dimming. And, you know, little by little, we would experiment. We would uh, do reflect, he would, uh, reflection. He would, and he put in a lot of hard work, of course, and sincere, committed hard work. Um, and uh, so he actually, within, uh, by, before the end of his coaching journey, he already started getting a lot of recognition from his global managers. Wow. And uh, now, incidentally, he's moved from his CXO role to being the uh, CEO in waiting. So he's being groomed to become the CEO. Wow. So huge shift, yes. Very, very very fulfilling to see that. And the minute his his anxiety is shifted, automatically the the entire organization below him could feel the shift in energy. You know, there was positive energy. There was inspiration that they were getting through him. And the whole organization below him changed. And the buzz and the energy and the zing there, kind of, you know. Wow. I know. These are, these are wonderful uh, anecdotes. And I think many of the leaders who are watching right now um, would be able to relate to these anecdotes, you know, because I'm sure that these are those confusions, those dilemmas, uh, you know, those, those self-talks that many of these leaders have with themselves, but probably they don't know uh, who they should go, who they should walk up to for approach because somewhere they're also carrying this uh, huge responsibility yeah. of being a role model or, or, you know, or, or projecting themselves as a leader. So somewhere I feel they feel that if I show my vulnerability of not understanding or having this huge duel within 
maybe people will lose their credibility uh, with me or or they may lose their trust with me but i think that is yeah. that is not the case i think somewhere the leaders tend to forget that they are human also and they are not demigod and Absolutely. it's okay to be vulnerable Absolutely. and uh, it's, interesting. it's interesting you mention about vulnerability because that's one of the things i did with the ceo right. and i said okay go and talk to your people true and because i was there to support the ceo was able to take that chance you know i i prepared the ceo what will you say how will you say what what can come in the way what what should the ceo be prepared for mentally and then um, you know um, had a conversation with the team and came back to say oh my god you know this conversation just completely opened up my perspective about what our relationship can be sure and it didn't it didn't actually um, dent the relationship or the respect or the trust in fact being vulnerable got them close and she said now suddenly i'm enjoying a very different kind of relationship <laughs> a deeper relationship you know so things just shifted yeah wonderful see and i think something that you just said that you know the fact that uh, she knew that you are there with her which kind of gave her that courage to yes. take that first step of uh, showing her vulnerability to the team um this brings me to another kind of a thought that i've always been having and and i've been wondering all, most of the time that hope you are enjoying the talk so far you would also like to listen to tanmay dube in our episode 5 where he shares how anyone can be an author in just 90 days and now let's get back to the talk you know who are who should be those people who should hire a coach is it only the cxo level who should hire a coach um is there certain criteria that someone needs to fulfill uh so that it, i'm asking this question from a very simple thing say if i am a leader or i am someone a professional and i really don't know whether i need a coach or not are there some ways that i can assess myself and know that whether you know i need a coach or is it like a universal thing that no matter who you are where you are what you know anybody at any given point of time can hire a coach and needs a coach what is what is the answer you know uh, i'd love to say anyone anywhere anytime needs a coach uh and to a certain degree that is true but i think more importantly if you to talk about who would really qualify to be coachable if i want to say right because i think it's important that not just wanting to hire a coach because thinking that they that the coach will come and suddenly there'll be some magic that will happen yeah right? hmm. so you need people uh, so those people who are willing to put in the hard work who are willing to commit to themselves Mm. and more importantly people who have aspirations people who have dreams they want to get somewhere mm. there is a drive there is a need mm. right that mm. they want to get somewhere um and if they're willing to put in their force behind they just need uh, support and help right those are the kind those are the kind of people who are willing to take 100% responsibility for their journey who know that they want to grow in life they may not know where they want to go hmm 
right? And that's something the coach can help them with. They may not have a very clear goal, but the fact that they're not happy where they are, there is a discontentment with where they are and they want to rise, they want to grow, create a brighter, better future. And it doesn't only have to be, by the way, uh, I want to become the CEO or I want to be, you know, uh, uh, some fancy, you know, TV anchor or whatever. Yeah. It just can be, how can I be at peace with myself? It would be, how do I be less anxious? It could be, how I build, how can I build stronger relationships with people? There could be anything that could be a need they feel in their life, right? Mm. And therefore, it's not just the CXO. It could be anybody, so long as they are, like I said, committed, hardworking, take 100% responsibility, they, they, they should, they could very easily hire a coach. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sold, Ketki, here. And I, I definitely believe and understand how a coach helps um, someone get better. Like how you said, you know, from wherever you are, you can definitely get better. But this also true. makes me wonder, why do you think people do not hire coaches? I have seen a lot of people who have a desire and they probably think and this is something which I have seen more in women than in men. Correct me if I am wrong. They probably think that I know where I am and it's not a very acceptable state. I want to get better than this. Um, they may probably even talk to or uh, they are probably following all these thought leaders and big coaches on LinkedIn and social media. And they are appreciating all the good words and everything that are coming from these people. They're listening to podcasts. Yet they are not hiring a coach. Yeah. What do you think stops them from hiring a coach? You know, uh, the, the biggest reason I have heard from people is actually two big reasons. And there are many more and I can share that. Is, you know, when the fear or uncertainty is way greater or the resistance inside is way greater than their desire, their aspirations, their dreams. Mm. Then the fear wins. Then the skepticism wins. Mm. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Is it the right time to do it? What will people think? Mm. You know, if I get a coach, which means, you know, I don't know how to, yeah. you know, work on things myself. <sighs> so those things then come up. True. Right? And then, and I'm saying, you know, if you really, all these fears, if they are going to be governing your life, then you will never take that next step. True, true. It's, so as they say, right, you, there could be a hundred reasons to say no, but you just need one deep reason to say yes, yes. to yourself, true. right? And if you're able to find that one reason to say yes to yourself and say, I need to do this for myself because I deserve to grow. I deserve to fulfill my dream and aspiration mm -hmm. and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. When that strength of desire comes in and that courage and willingness right, to go against the grain, um, to be okay if people you know, question, have doubts, mm -hmm. so long as you believe that you want to grow and you want to do it for yourself, uh, people do it. But otherwise, you know, there's also a tendency for people to blame other people. Mm. They realize that they, they they could be the ones who need to do some work. True. You know, so often I've heard, you know, my boss is like that, my colleagues are like this, my company culture is like this, my family is like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's so easy to start hanging blame on different people, not realizing that it's you who needs to change. Mm. 
so many reasons why people therefore and all these are so convenient excuse if you ask me honestly these are excuse <laughs> people give who don't want to take charge of their lives who right. don't want to be 100% responsible and eventually they will find themselves stuck where they are and when they are older they will look back and they'll say you know life was so unfair to me. so um and i'm going to you know i, I love quotes so i'm going to say that <laughs> again uh give you another one which is also by carl jung which is that you know until we make the unconscious conscious it will guide our life and we will call it fate so we make that unconsciously what we're doing conscious so that we are in the driver's seat we lead our life not by default where it takes us but by design where we want to go how can we craft our life that we want and this is totally possible and i just gave you a couple of examples of how a couple of you know lives got transformed and there are other people so i've had people who had pro- procrastination as an issue who had imposter syndrome as other issue they were stuck in their level of you know growth not knowing what is not allowing them to get unstuck and grow right so a lot of those things that, that people have come up with and wherever people uh, were willing like i said to commit and do the hard work and you know have the courage take the chance on themselves mm. um, it works all those who are listening to us and all those who are watching this i think ketki made it very very clear loud and clear she uh, she shared she expressed that message that uh, you know you want to grow it's good you have that desire it's good but then you will have to take charge of it and you have to take responsibility of it if you are putting yourself in that blame game or in self pity or allowing your inner narratives to control you and uh, then you're being plain lazy or you don't have the courage you you just too scared of even attempting to take charge of your life and get better then maybe the best the next best thing you can do is uh, stop complaining stop craving and just be happy wherever you are because you know you're not going to grow so <laughs> it is uh, as harsh or as hard it may sound but it is true if we look at all the examples of successful people the reason they are successful is only because they took charge of their life and they did not sit in one corner and sulk and waited for all the things to get better in their life and suddenly everything falling onto their lap that doesn't happen we all know that it is just that we know a lot of things but we apply a very few of all the things that we know so i think with ketki's words if you are getting encouraged it would be a good time for all of you to really you know just shake yourself up and you know, just shrug your shoulders and throw all that baggage off and take charge of your life and trust me in order to do that you will need a guide you will need a mentor you will need someone who can show you that light and uh, that someone is a coach in your life so i think you should you should uh, you should definitely look into that direction and think about it thing is also i want to mention that it's not just for people who are in a bad place right we have bill gates who said coaching is important he got coached Yeah. We have Eric Schmidt of uh, Google who got coached. Alan Mulally of Ford was doing well. They got coached. Yeah. Right. So 
you know you don't have to be in a bad place if you no. so long as you want to get into a better place than better. Sure, absolutely, absolutely, and and none of these guys, the best part, they all the examples that you have given, none of them have ever shied away from admitting that they have a coach. Not at all. At their absolutely. level, look at the humility. Look at that humility at that level where everybody else is looking up to them and wanting to learn from them. They are humble enough to stand at the center of that limelight and announce to the whole world or admit to the whole world that. Boss, I also have a coach. Yes. So I think it is something which is a coach is a is a guide, um, a friend, someone who is showing us the light to get better. And as as absolutely right that you mentioned that it's about getting better. It is stopping us from probably falling. It's uh, it's making us grow. It is making us walk, and it is making us progress. Thank you so much, Kethi. It is. It was really a pleasure speaking with you and understanding in depth about this whole concept of coaching. And I believe that all those who were were listening to it and watching this, uh, a lot of us would have also got a lot of clarity in terms of what coaching actually is and why it is important for us. So, if anybody has ever been thinking or wondering that why should I hire a coach. I'm sure that you have got all your answers from Kethi that why you should hire a coach. Now the decision is for you, uh, and as she has been, you know, repeatedly saying that it requires courage. So now the question probably that you need to ask yourself is whether you have that courage or not. So Kethi, thank you so much for uh, being on our uh, podcast. It was it was really really a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. My pleasure, absolutely. Thank you. See you all in the next episode. Till then, take care and God bless you.